cheers to the new year from our friends at Manscaped, because your resolutions shouldn't be the only things that are well kept. 2024 is the time for new heights, new opportunities, and a new look for your Times Square balls. Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're looking to maintain a trim or go for that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code OUINSIDER for 20% off plus free shipping. Happy New Year or Happy New Balls. Equipped with two skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is like having a personal stylist at your fingertips. Or, well, wherever you need it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code OUINSIDER at manscaped.com because nothing says Happy New Year like a deal that leaves your balls and your budget feeling refreshed. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer, courtesy of Manscaped. Excellence has been established by Coach Wilkinson, Coach Switzer, and Coach Stoops. It's my responsibility to end that standard and to build upon that standard. Welcome to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast with your host, Jesse Curtin and Brian Clark. Sooner Nation, OU Insider, subscribers, Coach Brian Clinton, enthusiasts, people who are sad because college football is done, or at least on the field, it's done until August and September. I think both Brian and I would fall into that category. My name is Jesse Crittenden. This is another installment of the Oklahoma Drill, a podcast fueled by OU Insider, and the Rivals Network, I am joined, as always, in perpetuity, till the end of time, by my co-host, Sir Coach Esquire Jr. the Third, Brian Clinton. See, I put all that stuff at the beginning instead of instead of some of them at the end. I'm mixing them up. Always uh, you keeping you on your toes. Brian, it's cold. It's getting cold outside. It is. Real, real cold. Yeah, it's cold. And it's really not even in comparison to what it's going to be next week. It's it's quite quite mild right now. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be nuts. I those negative. Anytime they have that little dash next to the numbers, I I, I keep my keep myself inside. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, and it's going to be cold for me regardless because I'm going to Lawrence, Kansas this weekend for That's OU right. Kansas hoops. And I don't know if you've heard about Lawrence, Kansas. I know you've been there, so you've heard. It gets cold there, and uh, this weekend uh, on Saturday, it's going to be a, a low of negative five. High of nine degrees. Oh, that's nice. Balmy. So it's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, uh, give me a beach somewhere yeah. in Lawrence, in the, Lawrence, uh, Kansas. The last, that was probably the weather, the last time uh, we were up there is is probably one of the most notable things. I, I mean, standing out there, I know you don't know about it because you were you were in the press box, but it was, it was raining, it was cold, it was windy, and uh, the team that we cover lost. So it was just a it was a great trip, lots of fun. 
uh hope this one goes better i i like how i like how the uh like how the basketball team's playing going into that game so well and by the time this comes out uh OU we will we will know what happens with OU TCU mm-hmm. which is tonight we're recording this Wednesday afternoon it's tonight and I actually think that's going to be you know if OU wins tonight then I think that's going to make the the stage even bigger this yeah. weekend but regardless it's going to be a top 10 matchup it's going to be huge uh but this is we're not talking about basketball today Brian we are talking about football OU football specifically. And the reason why we're talking about OU football is for one, we always talk about OU football, but two, um, some stuff has happened since the last time we spoke. Uh, OU uh, has a new defensive coordinator, not officially as of right now, it is not official. Uh, Ted roof and the university of Oklahoma have agreed to mutually part ways, um, which don't think was surprising given that, Ted Roof's been in the business a lot, or he's been in the business a long time. He's been at over 15 power five programs. It's, it's pretty common for him to stay a year or two and and look elsewhere. Uh, The subject of his retirement came up during the Alamo bowl press conferences. Um, But Brian on, I think that was a week ago. I think that was last Wednesday. Was it, or was it, was it Wednesday or Thursday? It was, I believe it was Thursday. I think it was, I think it was, you're right. It was Thursday. It was last Thursday. And by the time we were still trying to wrap our heads around something that was still pretty surprising that, you know, that, that it happened when it happened. Um, news breaks that OU ha- is going to hire Zach Alley at a Jacksonville state uh, guy with, with ties to Brent Venables. Obviously he was a, he was a student assistant and a GA at Clemson for a total of eight years. Uh, he's been at Jacksonville state the last two years. So in the span of like, six hours oh you let go of one defensive coordinator and hired another but again it is important to note that as we record this that is not official it's his hire is not official now fans don't need to worry too much um i think he's already been in contact with with some of the players on the roster um and i think some of this is because They've still got to figure out contract stuff. Obviously, Zach Alley is still at Jacksonville State, or he's still hired by Jacksonville State. Ted Roof's contract was supposed to run through early 2025, so he's technically still on a contract, so I think there's things that they're trying to figure out. But uh, OU Board of Regents meeting is Thursday, so that should be interesting to see if we find out any more then. But until then, Brian, that, that's a lot of – the, we haven't even talked about all the transfer portal stuff. For you, when it comes to – before we get to Zach Alley, what what's what was maybe your reaction to I mean Ted Roof and OU mutually parting ways and and Ted Roof's tenure as OU's defensive coordinator being up after two years? What what was your reaction and, and analysis of that news? Well, that was kind of a it was expected that that he wasn't going to be a long term uh he wasn't gonna be the long term option for Oklahoma at at defensive coordinator. Uh, that was pretty, pretty apparent. I, I think that the one thing that always stood out about his time here is whenever Brent Venable spoke about, about roof, uh, you know, to media, it, whether it was during the week or after games, whatever it was, something that almost always came up was his value as an educator, as a teacher. And I think that, if you take a step back and look at this from a 10,000 foot view, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, Ted Roof's in his sixties. 
this is a guy that is, you know, not that he's not a good recruiter at all. That's not what I'm saying, but it maybe isn't in his wheelhouse to connect with, with kids uh, nowadays, uh, maybe like it would have been, you know, 20 something years ago. But I think that this is a perfect example of Oklahoma, again, getting younger uh, and, and uh, a little more vibrant on the, on the coaching staff. So one of the things that, that I think you say is he, he filled his role here. Uh, he fulfilled the job that he was here to do. And that was to help Brent install the, uh, foundation of what will be Oklahoma's defense moving forward. I think that it's it's very important to note that, you know, obviously things were very amicable between he and, and Oklahoma as he left. There wasn't any hard feelings. It was, hey, you know, if you if you want to stay on as a uh, as an analyst and do that here, you can, but obviously he felt that he wanted to go and coach somewhere. He still had that in him. So uh, I think it's, you know, you look at it as uh, – you know, for the two years that we have, it's still, that's a, that's really a short, um, window to, to really gauge somebody's job that they've done as a defensive coordinator. But I would say knowing that Brent Venables is truly who calls the games, uh, and, and who is kind of running things there on that side of the ball, it, it was exactly what he needed to do here. Um, he filled that role, like I said, and now you, turn to Zach Alley, who is a, a younger version of Brent Venables, and we'll get into that more in a second. But um, I think Ted Roof helped Oklahoma get to where it is heading, I guess, defensively. They're right on track with the other times that we've seen uh, uh, Brent Venables' defense going into year three whenever they truly become an elite unit over the last two tenures. Uh, Oklahoma seems to be right on track with that. Uh, bringing back a lot of veteran guys and and looks good there. So I would say overall was a successful tenure for him here. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. And and now, uh, you know, you just kind of wish him the best of luck and, and see what he does somewhere else. I think this is an important discussion to have when it comes to, because, I mean, I think there was a lot that came out um, over Ted Roof's two-year tenure. It's like, well, what is he actually doing? What are his responsibilities? And it is... It is interesting because, um, look, Ted Roof absolutely was involved defensively. He called plays a lot of the time. Now, I think Brent Venables played a bigger role this year than, or yes. in 2023 than he did in 2022 in terms of not only game planning day-to-day, -day, but also play calling. Um, but Ted Roof handled a lot of that. So, you know, it's not like he was a bystander. It's, it, it's right. Brent Venables' defense, but Ted Roof handled a lot. But this was always interesting – because even in in practices, when when we would get to go out to open practices, it was just always interesting to see, you know, in individual drills that I mean, Ted Roof was also the linebackers coach, and with the linebackers, there's Ted Roof, but who was always also with the linebackers yeah. is Brent Venables and also James Skalski. Uh, really, I mean, in a lot of ways, it was Brent and and, and Skalski leading those linebacker drills. I, it's so I always so I think in some ways it was kind of a not a weird fit but it, it was this like okay I think Brent's trying to figure out how involved do I need to be defensively how much how much does my energy need to be placed elsewhere but I do think Brent in some ways couldn't really help himself that's what he knows he knows to coach linebackers and the defense 
And I, and also like you mentioned, you know, Ted roof's a little bit of an older guy. And to me, what this signals is, or what hiring Zach Alley signals to me is bringing in somebody that he has even more familiarity with than Ted roof. Yeah. Somebody that, that has had success the last two years calling a defense. And to me, this is a signal of Brent wanting to be a little bit more hands-off when it comes to the defense. I think it's pretty clear to me that the last two years that while Brent has done a lot of good, he's done a lot of good. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he wants to put his energy more into being an overall head coach more and more game management. Let quite, I mean, less involved in the, de- not less involved, but no, I think I, he's looking. Yeah. I think he's looking for someone to come in and, and basically take the reins. And I don't think, even though Ted Roof was involved, I, I don't think Ted Roof. This was never Ted Roof's defense. This was never his hands fully on the wheel. And while this is all still going to exist under the umbrella of Brent Venables and his scheme, I think he's looking to hand the brains off to somebody who's a little bit younger, who has a little bit more energy and can really grab a hold of this thing. That's that's the impression I get, at least. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's it's really interesting too that you know as you as you pointed out earlier, six hours like it was it was six hours between us finding out that Ted Roof was was gone and then Oklahoma had had pinpointed Allie as their replacement. So uh, with how Brent Venables does everything, uh, you know, even looking back at the offensive coordinator hire and and elevating Seth Luttrell he went through his processes. He, you know, he, he made sure and to, to do things by the book. This tells me this was premeditated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good point. And I think that you also have to understand that, you know, the, 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 the argument about him being, you know, he, he's 29 or 30 and, and he's coming from Jacksonville state. None of that stuff is relevant. None of that stuff is relevant. It's, this is a guy that that spent seven years under Brent Venables mirrored himself after this guy uh absolutely is a spitting image of him i mean he he even sounds like in his mannerisms it, it's it's wild and he had a he had a get back coach on the sidelines at jacksonville state like this is somebody that is uh you know he's exactly he's an extension uh, of of venables and i love i love the hire because this is you you nailed it this is this is a sign that that Venables is is looking to become more of that CEO type of coach, which he spent a lot of time under CEO style head coaches in his career as a coordinator. I mean, look back uh, at Bob Stoops, who was one of the best doing it. I, Dabo Swinney was one of the uh, best here recently doing that. And then going back to Bill Snyder, who, uh, you know, I can see him right now with his arms folded on the sidelines, just letting everybody else do their jobs. That's And, and I think that, you know, it's going to be an interesting dynamic because I don't know that Brent Venables is ever going to actually be able to be fully hands off. I don't think that's within him. He, I don't know if you want him to I, do it. Right. And I, and I think if he ever got to that point, he would not be as, uh, he wouldn't be as uh, instrumental uh, as he is, or he wouldn't be as, as big of a play as big of a role uh, as he has his entire career, that's that's just part of who he is. Uh, and so, I think adding another guy there is is uh, with that style of of coaching is is important. It's really it's really going to be a fun a fun thing as well because the dynamic there um, having an, an older version, obviously of himself, it's going to be 
it's going to be really interesting to see how things fit because this is someone who is going to bring in his own twists and turns on, on, on the style and, and on the aggressiveness and what they want to do. And I'm not, I'm not exactly sure that Venables is going to be ready to hand the reins over to him year one. I still think that we're going to see as Oklahoma transitions into the sec, he's probably still going to have, um, hands on a lot of things that he does, but depending on how things go and how quickly, uh, Allie picks up the things that Brent wants him to do. I do think that eventually you will see this become Zach Allie's defense and Brent Venable's team rather than it being Brent Venable's defense. No, I agree. That's, and I think that's a, that's an important point because to me it's while, while Ted roof and Brent Venables had a prior connection before OU that's, I mean, not only is Zach Allie kind of the spitting image of Brent Venables, but he embraces that he's very public because he's about that. And I think if you're Brent, like you mentioned, I, I like what you said about it being premeditated. Um, if you're Brent, I think it makes sense to bring in somebody that, you know, is basically just going to be an extension of you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, there's a confidence there because it's not only just that schematically, they're very similar uh, philosophy, philosophically, they're, they're similar, um, but also day to day, how to run practices, how to run drills. They're they're very similar, and I don't want to spoil this yet because the the hire is official, and there's a story uh, Parker and I have written before, or once it becomes official. But I talked to a very uh, prominent coach who has history with with Zach Alley, who basically said the biggest compliment you can give Zach Alley is Brent Venables has spent more time with him than anybody. And I just, I think that's, it's pretty clear what Brent Venables wants to do here. And I also think you're right. I think heading into the sec, it's, it would be a lot to put everything on Zach. And I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I do think that's, I think heading into the sec Brent realizes he does need to be more of a CEO coach. I will also say that I don't understand the age thing. I don't understand because like this always comes back to not to get on a soapbox. I'm going to try my best not to do that, but how does a person get experience? Someone gets them a job when they don't have experience. (laughs) That's how people get experience. And not that he has no experience, but like, Everybody has to, or like everybody that coaches division one football, power five football, they had to do their first job and as a prominent coach in power five, right. like you don't just, you don't just, you're not just born with 10 years of power five experience right. <laughs> at some point, someone has to kind of take a chance on you. Yeah. Um, I can even think of a certain head coach that came before Brent Venables at OU that exactly. did not. Yeah, did not come from a Power Five program, and look for all the the warts and all of of Lincoln Riley's tenure. You can't deny he came to a Power Five program and immediately had success and immediately yeah. established himself as a top offensive mind. So I, but that's, I'm not saying, I'm not saying there's not a value to being older and having more experience. I'm not saying that, but like it's the same thing in the regular workforce. Like a frustration would be if you're just out of college, right? Yeah. Someone has to give you experience to get experience. It doesn't make sense to be a young adult and not have experience and someone require you to have experience when you haven't even had time to get that experience yet. Sorry, I'm trying not to rant. No, this is not that big of a deal, but for some reason it bothers me. No, and you you brought up a point that I want to kind of hammer home um, whether or not you meant to. Uh, 
whenever you said that Brent saw this, saw him as a, as an extension of himself and there's value in that, I think it's important to note that with those same thought processes, whenever it comes to, to, you know, practice schedule, philosophy, all of those things, the fact that Ali embraces this is another, it's another addition. It's another plus uh, for me because whenever Brent saw him or, or knows that he is, is proud of the fact that that's who he is mirroring. You don't have to wonder if this is going to be a clashing philosophies or, mm-hmm. or you're not going to have to what I mean, and that's something else that I think guys uh, or fans really uh, get, get wrapped up in. Well, you know, this, this isn't Tony Gibson. This isn't, or this isn't, you know, um, who's the, the guy from Manny Diaz. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't, uh, uh, God, that's bothering me now. Um, Wisconsin's former defensive, uh, Jim Leonard. Oh yeah. Leonard. yeah. Um, you know, th- it's not a big name. Well, guys, those you're, you're, you're talking about bringing somebody into the room. That's going to, that's going to butt heads with, with the head coach, because they have two differing philosophies. That stuff doesn't work. That's not how college football works. You can't just go and and take the best guy, regardless of scheme and bring him in and, and have success. It doesn't work that way. This hire is as close to perfect as I think you can get for, for a defensive coordinator position under Brent Venables. I, I don't think it gets any better than that. So, um, and I agree with you. Yeah. Being, uh, I, I can't tell you how many jobs out of, out of uh, college that I would apply to where part of the, part of their asking was six years experience. Uh, so, and I'm like, I, guys, I just graduated college. Like I worked at planet fitness before this. So I don't like, <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? Uh, yeah, but anyways, I won't get you I back get, on the song. <laughs> no, I got, I look, <laughs> I got lucky. Um, I have this job now. I work for OU Insider, fortunately, very blessed. Um, and a big reason why is because I was covering OU for the Norman transcript as the sports editor at the newspaper. And I was hired as the sports editor of one of the oldest newspapers in the country at 25 years old when I had no I mean, the closest thing I was the sports editor of my college paper for like nine months, but the, the publisher gave me a chance. He saw, I worked hard and, and kind of took a gamble when most people who are a sports editor at a newspaper like that usually have been in the business 10, 15, 20 years. They've done it at a smaller paper before. Right. Um, and I, I had to learn, absolutely had to learn. I made mistakes. Absolutely. It it was, but there, I think there's also some stuff that you can only learn by doing it and making mistakes. Um, I will also say that I think for one, you see the, 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 the progress that Jacksonville state has made, um, the last couple of years under Zach Alley. I mean, even this year, I mean, going nine and four, uh, beating Louisiana in the bowl game. I mean, they're ranked 33rd in scoring defense, 43rd in total defense, 15th in rushing defense. Their advanced statistics were really good, like, you know, EPA and a bunch of other stuff I don't remember off the top of my head. But a lot of those stats are really good. Um, but to me, this is just consistent. If nothing else, this is just consistent with how Brent Venables has run this program, mm-hmm. which is culture and, um, you know, chemistry and, connection and family and all those buzzwords but it is it's just he has a very he has a he has a big relation a previous big relationship with zach alley they've spent a ton of time together well and and zach alley has also been around todd bates and he's been around miguel chavis too so these are these this is 
he's building that family unit that you talk about that you said. So it doesn't, this is, it goes right in line with symmetry, having, having symmetry with the offensive staff, whenever Jeff Levy left, this is the same, it's the same thing. You, you're, you have guys that are familiar with one another. And I think that that's, that's extremely valuable, especially considering where OU's headed. It is, but again, this is all a little weird. Weird is too strong of a word, but it is. I mean, look, the the news broke almost a week ago. It hasn't been officially announced. Now, again, like I've said, um, I don't think there's any real reason to be concerned about that. I think there's still things that they're trying to figure out. And like I said, if you are curious about any of this, I would, you know, head over to OUinsider.com tomorrow. I'll have information from the board of regents meeting but you can also look that stuff up online they will post the agenda probably sometime wednesday night or early thursday um but unless some bombshell unless something way out of left field unless something that isn't can't be foreseen comes and shake this shakes this up zach alley is going to be the next defensive coordinator and the last thing i'll say is i think another big part of this is recruiting I, i think getting him more involved in recruiting i don't think ted roof played a super big role in recruiting at OU. I think that's maybe the most exciting thing is getting a younger guy in here with some energy to maybe play a bigger role yep. in recruiting. I, I think that's, that's a positive. Definitely. Yeah. And a too. guy that, that's prominent in the Southeast. That's, I mean, yeah. somebody that's, that's been there and recruited that. So, yep, absolutely. Well, the other thing, Brian, again, and there's, there's, there's plenty of other things. I mean, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be, um, eventful um but i wanted to take a second just to look at what ou's done in the transfer portal obviously the the window um closed a few days ago but there is still some stuff trickling in because you know people who have late bowl games and other extenuating circumstances are able to enter the portal a little bit later even after the window closes but for the most part ou is not done let's say that ou is not done in the transfer portal there are still a couple of moves that could be made but as of right now, OU has landed, I believe, nine players in the portal. Technically, ten. Um, it depends on if um, it it depends or well, well, it's I think it's is that right? Nine scholarship. I, ha- players? I have a, I've got a list right here. I think it, it's nine scholarship. Yes, players. I think uh, Malaska is your is your preferred walk on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, I got. No, you're good. I got. To, it's Wednesday. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Um, (laughs) but you know, you look at who OU has landed, um, you know, whether it's, you know, Spencer Brown or Dion Burks or Sam Franklin, um, you know, Jake Roberts, who was a really big get, they landed him a couple of days ago, a tight end out of Baylor. I think that's a huge, huge get because tight end was going to be a massive area of concern heading into next season. Mm. Um, but also Caden Woolard out of Miami, Ohio, whose production is as good as anybody that's in the portal. Um, like 42 tackles, uh, like nine sacks, almost 13 tackles for loss. Um, what do you, what, how do you feel about how OU was done in the portal so far? Who are who are a couple of the names that really stand out to you? And is there another move to be made? Is there still an area that they need to shore up? What do you see there? Yeah, I think to this point, Oklahoma's done an excellent job uh, addressing needs uh, in the portal, which is you know that that's at this point in Venable's uh, time at Oklahoma, I think that's what you really need is is to address needs, not necessarily. Uh, addition you know just just adding guys for the sake of adding them 
uh, to the roster, which, you know, we did see some of that in the first two cycles. So um, the one of the guys that I really like is, you just said it, Caden Woolard is a guy that I think brings a lot of energy, uh, adds another guy that you rotate in there on the defensive line. Uh, he's 6'5", 252, I believe is what he's listed at. And, uh, you know, he's got, he's got great length. This is someone that I believe has an opportunity to, to maybe add a couple of pounds and be a really strong, uh, edge guy for them. It's, it's, he's not a one-to-one replacement of what they had in Rondell Bothroyd, just considering how much, uh, experience Bothroyd had coming in. But I do think that, that Woolard is, is a big get for the Sooners. Somebody else that's kind of flying under the radar, and you just mentioned it, um, tight end being a position of need. I really like Bauer Sharp. I, I really like I, – I think that's somebody that's going to turn some heads and really surprise some folks next fall. Um, you know, he he's an athletic specimen. I mean, this is a guy that was recruited out of high school as, as, a, as a quarterback, and he made the transition over to tight end. Guys, some of the film on him – uh, some of his best games, he can move. I mean, he yeah, he's he's six four two fifty. He can move at that size, and I, I think that uh, you know at the very least it gives Oklahoma some real depth there. Hopefully, you get a little healthier in that room too. I know Caden Helms is, is still trying to make his way back on the field, uh, and then you've got Devon Mitchell coming in. Uh, there's there's some guys in there that I think have some real some real promise, uh, and I like those two guys. As far as moves still to happen or some things that Oklahoma still needs to address, I really don't feel like you can have too many offensive linemen right now, considering I agree. the uh, situation I agree. that Oklahoma is coming into the year with. Um, they're they just they just lost a lot. They lost a lot of experience, and if nothing else, the snaps, the amount of snaps that Oklahoma lost, talent aside. The, the amount of snaps that Oklahoma lost after 2023 is just massive. Um, I, I don't even, I don't even know what the combined snaps are. I do know uh, just did the review um, of this, of that position group. I mean, you had several guys with seven, 800 snaps that are gone. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough. Um, and I think that Oklahoma is going to have to, to figure out some more pieces there just to have a good rotation because even if you're starting five, you feel pretty good about, especially heading into a league that's as physical as the SEC, you need to have seven, eight, nine guys that you feel good about putting out there on the field. And right now, I I know that they don't have that many. So right. um, you, you, need, you need some more depth there. And then I don't know that it's going to happen this cycle, maybe in the spring, but I, I still think Oklahoma could use one more interior defensive lineman. I uh, don't know what that looks like, but um, again, in the trenches, you can't have too many of those guys. No, I agree. Uh, and I think the thing that's interesting is, you know, Brent Venable said more than once um, before the bowl game um, that they were looking to take about 10 scholarship players through the portal. Mm-hmm. OU's got nine, which theoretically, not theoretically, mathematically, some of the Kalee words, it's a Kalee word um god Flat that I'll on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> now nah, nobody's that dumb to either say or wear something like that um but this is interesting because i mean i think a lot of people know kind of who ou is still sort of in the mix for whether that's uh terrence ferguson out of oregon whether that's you know uh heard from lsu whether that's uh 
you know, maybe a certain quarterback with some OU ties that went to South Moore, you know, uh, Casey Thompson. So we'll see. We don't know. There's a lot of stuff that could happen, but it's interesting because, I mean, I think we, OU is not going to get all those guys. It's just, it's, it's unlikely that they're going to land all those guys. But um, I think Brent Venables had a pretty good idea of who they were going to land heading into the transfer portal season. And they still have another scholarship open. It would be interesting to see what else they could finagle. But if, if you're, I don't know, how, if, if OU doesn't make an, another move, if they don't land anybody else, at least in this cycle, how happy should fans be about what OU's got right now through the portal? I think pretty good. Um, I I know, I know that at least another one's coming, and I kind of am adding that in. But you know, I, I look at what they head have. to OUinsider.com. Head to <laughs> OUinsider.com. Uh, I know that they have they've addressed again, they've addressed needs. They, they have uh, some spots that they needed to fill and like Fabechi Nwewu is a guy that I think you can plug and play at, at, at guard. I think that he's going, he's going to need some, some, uh, some technical work from Bill Beanbow, but who else would you want uh, offering you or helping you out there? Um, again, there are there's pieces there that Oklahoma is going to need, and uh, you also have a really good influx of of young talent coming in as well. So, I think you've addressed needs. It's not overly they're not overly reliant on those guys uh, being everything that they are hoping them to be outside of maybe the offensive line. If you can if you can have those other guys just become role players. I mean, if if Dejan Malone. Uh, the corner out of uh, San Diego State, if he becomes a role player, I mean, Oklahoma's secondary looks even better going into next year. And that's with Woody Washington coming back and Gentry Williams hopefully being healthy uh, and and Kendall Dolby being on the field. I mean, there's you've got some spot, you've got pieces there, but I think Oklahoma has addressed depth issues. Uh, and, and I think you should be happy about that if you're an Oklahoma fan. No, I agree. And I think if we've, this was all, this was also interesting because the, the, not only the amount of spots that were available, like, OU had to overhaul their roster the last two years through yep. the portal. They didn't really have to do that this year, at least not to that degree. Um, also, they didn't have as many spots, they didn't have as many, they don't have as many scholarships as they've had the last couple of years for transfer portal guys. So this was never going to be like a landing 15 to 20 guys like they did the last two years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think overall and yeah, but I think what you're banking on is you're, you're trying to add some, obviously some pieces to the portal, but I think what you're banking on is um, some of the younger guys who will be like, you know, in their second or third year next season, you mentioned Gentry Williams or R. Mason. Tom you muted. Oh, after R. Mason Thomas, there's this button <laughs> and it's so easy to press. Um, this has not been my best day, right? This is, this is, this has been like a hey. six out of 10 for me. Hey, so you far. Know what? that's, that's part of the Oklahoma drill. I mean, it's not always your best day. You win some, you lose some. It's the grind. You're doing great. You know? Hey, and that's why this is where our competitive depth shows up. My, my mic went muted and you, you step up and that's, that's, that's what we got here. Got you. Uh, I mean, uh, R. Mason Thomas, Robert Spears, Jennings, Peyton Bowen, um, PJ, Eddie Bauer. I think you're. Uh, you're looking at guys like that to really take a. Do you want to try to say it? Nope. Do you want to try to say his name? Adi Barwa. That's so close. I'm you're fine. so close. I'm happy with that attempt. We'll work. We'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> um, 
I think that's really what you're banking on is internal development. I think you're, you're not, I don't, I mean, you want to get the best guys you can through the portal, but I think as far as building something sustainable and really seeing growth, I think you're, you're banking on internal development. And I think there's a lot of reasons to believe that, that we're going to see that, but you're right. I think, I think offensive line is still, um, is still probably the position group for me. It's, it's, I feel reason. I feel pretty good to really good about everything else i think offensive line is still the thing i'm i'm a little nervous about yeah uh, i you know i i think regardless of what some of the fan base says or maybe how they feel about coach beatenbow i don't think i would want another coach with the issues that he has on his you know with his position group I don't think I would want another coach on the roster having that to deal with, because if there's anybody that's going to mix and match and move parts around and get um, the right group out there, it's him. And we've seen him put offensive lines together when we thought it was going to be an issue going into the season in the past. And they, they turn out being just fine. Um, it, it's funny the the Texas game every year, the OU Texas game seems to be like the turning point where like, you know, these five guys haven't really played that much together. Um, you know, they're still meshing. And then all of a sudden it's like, it clicks in that game. I think that's, again, I think that's probably safe to expect. Now is the ceiling going to be as high as, you know, what we, what we saw maybe a few years ago? No, it's not. But uh, there were certainly some issues with, with this last group and and they found a way to become uh not just serviceable but, but good at times uh for for Oklahoma in the second half of the season. So you've got a lot of new names. Um the good news is you've got a new offensive coordinator as well, so they're going to be learning new stuff as it is. I, I think that it's going to be just fine. Everybody's kind of on the same page and and uh you've got some experienced guys that that learn most of the principles they're going to be learning, but um I, I think that you've got plenty of stuff to work with and and let's not let's not discredit the people that were the players that were already on the on the uh roster there jake sexton's a guy that um is going to be good and and troy everett i believe if, if he plays at center is is more than serviceable there uh somebody that had over 100 snaps at the position this year so um you know there's there's things to work on uh certainly but i do like the group that's there it just would help to have some more players there if they can get them yeah, and I think it's I agree with you about everything you said about beaten bow. I think it's more, you know, we just saw who won the national championship. That's Michigan, and they won it behind having probably the best offensive and defensive lines yep. in the country. That's just it's really I mean, at some point you just need talent. You need as much talent as you can get. It really I've said it we've said it a million times. You can have the best skill position players, you can have the best secondary and linebackers in the world but if you're getting beat up at the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball you're you're probably not winning anything that significant i mean you're just you're just not that's really where everything starts and ends college football is a very complicated game but also sometimes it's very simple it always starts up front but brian i mean we'll see i think there's still a lot of stuff that could happen in the next few days whether it's it's zach alley's hire becoming official whether that's ou as you hinted maybe getting another guy or two in the portal. I think either way, uh, while there's a lot of things, a lot of issues with uh, college football right now and the transfer portal has changed things so much, it's also made it to where there's more stuff going on this time of year than there 
usually is. Yeah, more I, more fun I, to talk about too. I think every episode that we have, we're gonna have the words. Some stuff has happened since the last time we talked, and I, I, I think that that will continue to be the case. I bet. So, I bet listeners have already noticed, and I bet if they're if they're uh, if they're drinkers, maybe they take a shot every there time they go. hear me. Uh, they go. hear me say that. But Esquire. you know, but, <laughs> Esqu- yeah, Esquire, yeah, fanatics, enthusiasts, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm just trying to look out for the people who's looking to have a good time. Hey, that's well, just you, that's all I'm trying well, to do. Well, you just helped them out again. I'll, Esquire, I'll say it again. There you go. There's Esquire. Your, there's, your <laughs> there's the episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother where Robin is <laughs> yes. uh, every time she says but um yes they yep. take a drink but then she starts doing it on purpose and everybody yeah that's funny yeah that's good oh man well uh, tune in next week to see what other catchphrases and buzzwords we we say here if you're if you're looking to have a good time. In the in the meantime, Brian, I think that's going to do it for us here on the Oklahoma Drill. Again, a podcast fueled by OU Insider and the Rivals Network. You can check out a new episode from us every single Thursday on the OU Insider YouTube channel or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you haven't headed over to OUinsider.com to become a VIP member, you definitely should. There's still so much stuff going on right now uh, behind the scenes in football, basketball. It's conference play big time of year softball starts in less than a month which is crazy softball starts in less than a month OU's trying to win its fourth straight national championship plenty of stuff going on right now you don't want to miss it head over to ouinsider.com or make sure to like and subscribe the OU Insider YouTube channel we'll see what happens in the next few days but regardless we'll have you covered next week on the Oklahoma Drill <laughs>